Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts and community leaders to help raise awareness, share resources, and inspire actions through recorded conversations about mental well being topics. Today, we are speaking with Vanessa Abram, founder of Self Discovery P3. Vanessa is also an author, mental health advocate, and a motivational speaker. She is also a suicide attempt survivor and a sibling survivor. Vanessa, welcome to our show. Would you share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me, Ms. Barton, and uh, taking the time to uh, hear my story and my voice. Um, I, again, I am Vanessa Abram. I am a native of Gary, Indiana. Uh, we live here in Atlanta, Georgia. My family and I have been here for about seven years. And um, as you mentioned, I am a suicide survivor and I am a sibling survivor of my older brother, which was a decorated U.S. Army veteran that passed by suicide four and a half years ago. And I am on a mission to eradicate suicide because of the pain that I still find myself in. Thus the title of my organization, Self-Discovery. Self-Discovery is knowing who you are, who you are not, but yet who you are becoming in that process. And pain positioning and purpose ink. So my pain positions me for purpose. Well, thank you. And Vanessa, while I'm so sorry and empathetic for the road that has brought you to this place, I am glad that our paths have intersected in this journey and that we've been able to meet virtually um, through several uh, trainings and workshops and very much looking forward to having you in person um, at the collaborative just a bit later this year. Um, Vanessa, you already mentioned your brother and um, that you lost him to suicide, a decorated military veteran. And I remember that you had, you have other brothers who were also in the military. Can you share with us a little bit more about the brother that you lost? Like, what was he like as a person and as a brother? What was his journey? And what is it like for you now to be a sibling survivor? Uh, my brother was phenomenal. I have three older brothers, and actually, I'm the youngest of five. So all of my siblings are much older, generational older. My oldest is 70. So my mom had me at an older age, so they call me the baby, their baby sister, in which I, I used to could not stand that. But now that I'm an adult, I adore it now um, <laughs> that I'm the little sister or their baby sister. But my brother, well, all three of my brothers are veterans of the military. My oldest is of the Marines. Um, my brother that passed, the late brothers from the Army, of course. And then my other brother is a veteran of the Air Force. Now, this particular brother, he and I, I was, um, we didn't actually don't have any other, um, any of, other of my siblings that carry that special relationship and bond that he and I had. So it was really, really difficult. He could understand me and I could understand him and the things that we said and um, how we thought and how we moved. And we were able to inspire and encourage one another. Um, though he traveled in the military, um, I know he would, um, towards the end, he would tell me how damaged um, he became when he went to uh, Saudi. He was in the war in Saudi when the 
um, Agent Orange was uh, going on. And he would cry and tell me how his partner um, was standing right in front of him, in front of a landmine and blew up right in front of him. He would tell me oh. how he would have to kill kids or the kids will kill him. And I'm talking about kid kids mm -hmm. that are strapped with military weapons where they, it would either be them or him. Um, he was a mechanic um, by trade and he also did that in the military as well. And as I toured the nation, Irene, pre-pandemic, um, everything I do was dedicated to my brother. Um, so I would always have the army come in to pay homage and to salute him. And at one of our tours in Jackson, Mississippi, a couple of years ago, one of the army men read one of the signages with my brother's pictures and his awards on them. Now, mommy, I didn't know about what those awards meant. And he said, well, who is this? And these awards, he said, wow, whoever this is. And then I told him it was my brother. He said, you know, he was phenomenal because not only did he get one award that was phenomenal that very few people get, but he got a second award. He said he was really, really a great person. And mind you, my brother didn't share things like that. He was a, he was a really, really funny, humorous guy. He can make you laugh when we weren't even supposed to be laughing. At this. And to say this, we were at my mother's funeral and we were laughing because he was falling asleep, but we didn't know he was falling asleep because of his medication until after oh, the fact. Mm -hmm. But um, but he was a, a, a phenomenal guy. Uh, he really, really was. And um, his life nor his death, will, 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 it won't be in vain. You know, I am my, yeah. my brother's keeper and my sister's keeper and the pain still. Um, his birthday is June 5th, so I'm planning to do something around his birthday. Um, to celebrate his life and, and what he meant. And even in his death, letting people know that it's okay not to be okay. But it's not okay not to get the help that you need. And being a military um, sibling and having to go through this, even my older brother had, has attempted several times since, uh, in the last three years. Oh, wow. And uh, he had, had to be, uh, yeah, had to be uh, hospitalized. And this too, Irene, has uh, put me in the mindset to delve more into my generation because it's just not happening to us here, there. It must be in the bloodline. So let's take a look at that. And that's what I began to do to see, um, you know, who else in the family, you know, had depression, but wore the mask mm -hmm. uh, that they were okay or medicated by way of the mask, by substances or um, whatever the case may be to, um, to, to be relieved of that pain. So my brother is really, really missed. One thing that I will say, I didn't have the, um, the joy of seeing him one last time. Um, you know, as we usually, for us, we, uh, you know, have funerals with the body there. Um, and I didn't have that because his body, we couldn't have, we could not have to do, we, we, we couldn't have the, a funeral. We had to have a memorial okay. with him being cremated. So that's been very difficult. I've been working through that in therapy, mm -hmm. but um, it, it's been very difficult, but yet I, I hold on to the very last time that I saw him in person. So that is uh, something that helps to get me through as well. Good. Well, it, um, your relationship with your brother, obviously, since you were both um, younger, you had a special bond and the loss of him impacted you in um, some very critical ways. But you have also struggled with mental health and your mental well-being even prior to losing your brother, Vanessa. 
Um, I know this is a challenging conversation, but one that we need to have, because as you said, you are on a mission and you yourself are a suicide attempt survivor. So can you share with us about that? Yes, ma'am, I would be happy to. Um, and to that point, one of our taglines, Irene, is no silence, no shame, no stigma, no suicide, uh, which means the very thing that I am a bit about to share, um, being a a survivor. My last attempt was uh, ten and a half. It was over. Ten, it's been over ten years ago. My when the passing of my mother. Um, I woke up in the hospital and they told me that I was a miracle from the amount of pills that I had taken. I knew what I was doing. I left a note. I was just tired. Woke up and they said you're a miracle. Nobody lives from the way your lungs look, and nobody lives from uh, the amount of medication that you took. And I was really angry. And again, I was in the stigma. I had no clue about it. I just thought it was just this piece of my life and it'll stop and go away. No, 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 no. So to fast forward to now, and then, you know, to even look back in my childhood, I, I can see some depressed um, times then. And then even looking back at my mom, which is uh, gone now, but um, I would recall sometimes that she would be depressed. Um, I was raised by an alcoholic father, which is now... Um, on road of recovery for over 40 years. He hasn't had a drink. So um, I see where there were some uh, depression and some, some mental health or emotional health dysfunctions there, but they were not addressed. Um, and then when my brother passed, um, and before he passed, he told me he had attempted and he was tired. And I can get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, when mom got sick, mom uh, was on dialysis and she said she was tired. So she stopped the dialysis. And at that time, I was living in Indianapolis and he was in Gary. And I, uh, he and I did shifts. I came in on the weekend so he can be relieved from the, uh, for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And he would uh, stay with her throughout that week. So on one, um, and it was actually Labor Day weekend, uh, he had called me when I left. And when I saw that number early in the morning, I'm like, oh, boy and she had passed and he watched that. And it really in his mind, he thought she would really come back. Um, but I don't know how I would even be able to take that to see my mother take my last breath. Right. Um, and I know that impacted him uh, to such a point because there was a time, I mean, my brother was the bomb. And when I say the bomb, he had it going on in his life. He really, really did. And I looked up to him, mm -hmm. I really did. But life, you know, things in life, and he would even help people that had mental health issues. I can recall a time he had a girlfriend that was um, mentally challenged. She was she was okay too, but she had I think bipolar and dealing with things too. And she was in and out of the hospital. And I can recall him going there and frustrated, and you know just sharing about her condition and things. So you know, even sharing right now even puts a smile in my heart and a mm -hmm. warmth in my heart because he did do. Uh, some things, but he probably didn't understand what he was doing. And that now is what I am doing is paying it forward by um, sharing the importance of mental health and wellness. And not only that, that there is no health without mental health. And then lastly, um, just knowing that the type of individual he was and the type of individual he wanted to be, he had an entrepreneur spirit as well, but he could just could not get a hold of that mental health aspect in certain parts of his life. And then, you know, and, and I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, 
I, Irene, I do not knock anybody. Understand me when I say this. When we are tired, we are tired. I, through the grace of God, I have that experience of being a survivor because I was done. I was done and I was going to attempt with my brother. I didn't even speak it out of my mouth, but I was thinking of how. And the Lord said in my spirit, if you do it, your son will repeat it. I said, oh, well, I won't do that. I'll just go ahead, go ahead and check myself into the hospital and did what I needed to do. And thus, here I am today. Um, but I don't knock, I don't judge anybody for suicide. People do not know the struggle and it's real. You know, people say that, uh, those of us that um, take our lives are the weakest ones. No, 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 no. Actually, we are the strongest ones because, you know, although we're going through something and we're being crushed up under it, we're tired, and it just can't come to time where I, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that we're weak. It's not that we're wanting attention. Far from it. It's the total opposite. We just want some peace and some freedom. And this I know, Irene, that my brother is at peace. Wow. 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 So out of all of that, you are on a mission. It, um, I'm not sure what you were doing before you founded self-discovery PPP, but you founded it now and you are an entrepreneur and someone who does, um, travel outside of pandemic times around the, um, around the country, sharing the, the message about um, to steal your line, there is no health without mental health. So Vanessa, can you tell us a little bit about um, how you formulated self-discovery PPP and what information and services the organization provides? Can you repeat the first half? I didn't. I didn't quite understand you. Um, can you share? Can you share with us what? Um, brought you to the point where you said, yes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to establish this organization, Self-Discovery. And then can you tell us um, a little bit about what Self-Discovery PPP does in terms of programming and services and information and resources? Sure, absolutely. And actually, the name, I went through several organizational names, structure, uh, transition and names. Um, it was first self-discovery with Vanessa. It was an LLC. I changed the name again. And then um, I was doing work uh, at the very beginning. And when he was alive, I was at the very beginning of stages of my business. But then when this happened, um, everything halted and paused and um, met with, actually, I pray that, that God just send me people to help, uh, help me on the journey and to discover the areas where I'm supposed to be. So a couple of people came into my life and um, they said, you need to change that name because it's not about you and you're gonna go very, very far with it. So um, at that point, I prayed about the name, prayed about the name, prayed about the name. I know self-discovery had to be in it. And then I'm like, hmm, pain, position, me for purpose. So that's where self-discovery, pain, positioning, and purpose incorporated comes from. And now we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization um, on a mission, not just here in Georgia, but worldwide to eradicate suicide by providing free mental health education, tools, tips, resources, letting people know that they are not alone. We also have a book publishing company, Purpose and Prosperity Book Publishing Company, where um, I am a multi-award um, winning author 
um, for the books and all of my anthologies. And an anthology is having other people come in and share their stories. This again is connected to the mission of eradicating suicide by people sharing their stories. The books are in place uh, for that and to eradicate the stigma, uh, to um, destigmatize the myth, but then also legacy. When we're long gone, those uh, resources in those books will still be readily available and necessary. Uh, we offer um, education, we offer mentoring, we offer coaching. Um, again, we're uh, offering, um, I have a radio show as well, Self-Discovery with Vanessa, where I'm on every Tuesday and uh, Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, and that show is hosted out of Gary, Indiana, and I do it um, virtually by phone. Um, we offer, uh, we're, we're in the, um, we are actually in the community serving, I serve over 200 women a week um, that are on the road of recovery from substance abuse and homelessness and mental health, mental illness. I serve other organizations as well, homeless teens, homeless young adults, um, the women, the kids. I mean, it's the whole gamut. Um, so what we are needing, um, Irene, is for other passionate people to come alongside of us and help us do this work because no man is an island when it's uh, about our health and mental health. And there are so many of us that are still stuck in the stigma and ashamed and are silent and will not share, our, share, share their stories. And I want people to be able to look at me and to hear me and to understand my truth and transparency and my passion to let them know that they are not alone. I am, I'm right there in the valley with them. I have not arrived, Irene. I'm just a little bit better from four and a half years ago, but I'm still pushing and pressing my way every day to um, serve others because in serving Irene is where I get my healing and out, outside of my faith, I have to say that first. It's mm -hmm. my faith and then service and my strong uh, support system. So in there, uh, listeners, was a call to action. Um, Vanessa is looking for people to walk alongside her, to spread the message, to be bold in talking about mental health, to reduce the stigma, um, to reach out to those who are close to you who may be struggling, and to also examine yourself and um, see what areas you um, might be struggling with. So. Um, Vanessa, final question before we wrap up and um, what can others do if they have a family member, um, a close friend, a co-worker, a fellow church member who they suspect is struggling with a mental health condition, but they're not quite sure what to do or maybe even before what to do, what to look for. Any thoughts around that? Absolutely. My first call of action is to, you know, join organizations such as SDP3, NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, um, DBHDD, I'm on their board, Resilient Georgia. Um, it goes on and on and on, the boards that I am on, and I'm on them to learn, to become educated, embody it, and then share it back out. So what, you know, what we need to do is when we find someone in a crisis, and what to do, reach out to resources, whether it's NAMI, whether it's me, whether it's GCAL, if you're in Georgia, Georgia, um, crisis access line, the suicide prevention line, um, to find out what are the steps that need to be done because it is a very delicate de-escalation process. We can't just, you know, just boast and, and just break in and, hey, 
get it together. No, 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 ma'am, no, sir. We have to go in gentle as a dove, but bold as a lion um, and making sure that that person gets the help that they need. So that is first, make the calls, find the help. And again, help is only a call away. I'm not sure why people will not reach out, maybe because they don't know, but this is a call to action, please. Help us stop the stigma by reaching out, by picking up the phone and dialing even us at 678-902-6562. Our website is www.sdp3.org. NAMI, NAMI NAMI.org, N-A-M-I.org. Reaching out to the community resources that are here waiting to walk you through your journey. Well, listeners, there it is, a couple of calls to action that we can all do um, right here within the walls of our houses, within the walls of our community structures, schools, churches, community centers, et cetera. And Vanessa is here to to help anyone who wants to explore it further. Uh, Vanessa, we just thank you so much for your courage and your transparency in sharing your story and your family story with us today. We encourage our listeners to visit your website, sdp3.org, to learn more about your organization and the programs and resources that you have to offer. We wish everyone good mental health and remind you to mind your mind.